German Fußball Podcast Week 3 of the Bundesliga and as always myself and dad Jan Fjordhoff here to analyze the round a bit later than usual but I think the excuse is pretty valid that I want to start with you because you are currently at an airport right now but involving a Bundesliga team and a pretty cool link up can you tell us where you've been because I think it's a pretty cool project to hear about. Yeah, I just I just want to start with the, the last 60, 65 hours. Uh, left home Monday morning and went to Munich. Dro- drove to um, to Salzburg, where I was a part of a, a program with Servus TV called In the Hangar, where there are different guests. I was with Christian Falk. Was nice. We wanted to have Fabrizio Romano there as well, but he had a couple of well deserved uh, days off. Uh, I think he deserved that. And uh, and the Salzburg coach, uh, Gerhard Struber, who was a new coach who used to be at new, in New York and used to be at Barnsley Football Club. That was great. And, and f- as a Formula One fan, as you know, I am. I, I met Dr. Marco. Marco, Marco. Uh, uh, do you have to say his name right? And uh, he is a legendary advisor to Red Bull, which was was great. But But this morning then, I went to Rome. I'm sitting in Rome now. I'm waiting for my flight back to Norway, but it's a great project. I'm a, and I am an ambassador for Eintracht Frankfurt. I've been a proud ambassador for Eintracht Frankfurt. And we have something called the Norwegian Forum. That is with Norwegian companies involved in Germany and in Norway. But at this time, we've been in the Vatican City. Uh, it, uh, it's a place that I've been very privileged to be inside the Vatican a couple of times. And as you know, Marcus, I'm very proud. In my office, there is a photo of myself with the Pope. I didn't meet the Pope this time, but I, I, I met our friends uh, there. Uh, we had two meetings and then it all ended with a, with a sightseeing where, where we, but you know, when you go to these places where you have a guy that you always want to go between the barriers, over the barriers, behind the queues, and it was fantastic, Marcus. We went to see where Pope Francis lived. Uh, we saw all the parks. We went up to Vatican Hill. I could speak forever. But it's for Eintracht Frankfurt, was was great to be on the road for them. It, as you know, it's a club I, I love to do things with. Uh, and we will see how, how this can be a partner and how we can make a partnership using football to open doors. Yeah, that's uh, I think that I loved all my my life so uh, busy days but you know Marcus these are the days I like so yeah, what are, did you do in the weekend you were you, you relaxing the weekend I was relaxing at the weekend and obviously uh, very delighted with a late uh, Arsenal win as well um, and then follow the Bundesliga of course and if we delve into that you've always got a, a plane to catch and, and what have you as well um, I guess that we can make a little bridge from Eintracht uh, from one former number nine Eintracht player to another former number nine Eintracht Frankfurt player in Kolomwani as well. Just before we get into the matches, because they played a rather unsensational uh, draw uh, yet again. Um, in terms of Moani, we, we had Fabrizio Romano on last season and they said there was... We no- it would be, take a lot for Colomani to leave Eintracht Frankfurt. He said it would be in the bid uh, in the region of 100 million. And he ended up leaving for 95 
million euros. So his prediction was right in that sense. Uh, Eintracht Frankfurt get a fantastic return for a player who's just been there for for a year. But uh, sadly, it ended not so amicably. He went on strike. Uh, he's had an, He has an agent um, in who is also the agent of Usman Dembele, who also gone on strike. So whether that being a factor in the overall influence, but I don't know some of your thoughts reflecting on maybe money's time, but also how it how it ended. Well, I think that uh, players going on strike that is of course not the way to do it. I think that gave a, a bitter kind of taste uh, at the end of his uh, time at Frankfurt. Having said that, it's it's always difficult to get into the mind of a young player. It's uh, how much influence, as you were saying, from the agent. So, but that is not good for him at all. What is good, by the way, is that as you were saying, Eintracht Frankfurt get a player on free transfer from Nantes, zero zero euro, and I'm selling him now for a package of ninety five million euros. Yes, Eintracht tried to get a replacement. But they, they didn't succeed in doing that. But if you are, um, a guy or you're a, you're a leader of a club that get 95 million euro, you have to do it. That is sadly how it's done. You saw even with Harry Kane leaving Tottenham two, two, three days before the league starts. You, you have a bit of responsibility as leader. And yes, I would love to have seen Wani being there, but you see bigger clubs than Eintracht Frankfurt need to de- do the right financial kind of stuff. So, yes, so they sold Muani and Jesper Lindstrom went to Neapel. Uh, so it was a busy, busy Bure, uh, the guy who made a decisive penalty. He went on loan, I, I, I guess, uh, on loan to Werder Bremen. So it was, so it was predictable for Eintracht, but, but Eintracht have had a good transfer window, but this Muani thing is just, I just felt that it had to happen. I mean, also, we, we touched upon this before in terms of the testament to the, the, the word market Crusher does um, at Eintracht Frankfurt. And, and let's face it, I, I think, you know, as a profile, Eintracht Frankfurt is has a lot of upside in terms of the city it's in, in terms of the fan base, in terms of the stadium, in terms of the recruitment. Um, but it's tough making that leap. You know, inevitably, you will be your best players will be picked up by by the best clubs, even in RB Leipzig, who are who, who are main one of the main contenders to Bayern Munich. The same for Dortmund. It's really just Bayern who are able to retain their best um, players. If we make it a bit about the recruitment, but just Marcus, so having having said that, it's just a year ago that uh, uh, Bayern Munich, the biggest club in Germany, had to sell Lewandowski. Of course. And, then, and I played a year without a striker. So that can happen to any club. But, but if, if you were on your way to Leipzig, if, if we, I mean, people will have a look at their recruitment this season that they are doing well. They've sold all the best players. They've got a lot of or best players. They've always got new players, but they've sell, sell, sold so many great players and still managed to establish a, a challenger for at least top four. But also maybe if we, loving Bundesliga fans hope that they can challenge Bayern for the title. And I think it also points to something important, which is having a, a, a conducive transfer strategy. You've been sporting director, Dad. You've been in the game a long time. You've seen ways to do it. You've seen ways to not uh, do it. I'd like to hear your thoughts, though, in terms of how the clubs differ. So you have, I'd say, the plus side here. I say is is Arba Leipzig and Bayer Leverkusen in terms of the recruitment they've done. Simon Rolf, as you've 
you've praised and, and, and said what a fantastic job he does um, and, and Leverkusen, yeah, Leverkusen and then RB Leipzig as well. And then I look a bit at the top two teams from last season, um, Bayern being one of them, Harry Kane will, of course, regardless of how what else of recruitments or not you have, you've got Harry Kane, which is a fantastic bit of work. And then they have their weaknesses there in terms of not getting replacements for a Pavard, for a Gravenberg, albeit as a as a as a backup as he was, but even still. And then Dortmund also, who gets our favorite full crew, but at the same time, you're you're finding a bit hard as to what is the strategy. What 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 are we looking for? Does Terzic one one player? Does Kale want a different? They have a layer. They have Mukoko. Maybe they need strengthening in other positions. What is your overall, I guess, analysis? A lot of teams to factor in, but if you get my drift in terms of how we see these main contenders going to this season. Yeah, as, as you know, when I travel in Germany, I always buy the magazines or read the papers because, yes, we get a lot of it in the net, but there's a lot of plus cases and I'm, I don't want to use money on all the plus, plus articles. But it was a big interview with the Uli Hoeneß now. First of all, he came, he, he had a go at everybody who speculated about transfer, being a Christian uh, Falk or, or uh, Plattenberg by Sky or maybe myself or a lot of people, Fabrizio Romano. And he said he's like, is like fools being locked into a cage. That was the words he was using as Uli Hearn is doing. Uli Hearn has said that this hectic that they had on a transfer deadline day, that, that, that is not worthy of, of, uh, of Bayern Munich. He said that back in the days, and he's been a, around since he was 27 and now he's over 70. So, so back in the days, he said we were always, we were, we plan so much ahead. I understand what he's saying, but on the other hand, I think that has changed a bit because the main thing now was Palin, uh, Palinia, uh, the number six, the, the Fulham player who was in Bayern. He was at Bayern. He had done two medical tests. He has made all his f- uh, photos for a media presentation. And then Fulham didn't manage to get a replacement. They even tried at the end for Scott McTominay. At Manchester United, it didn't work out, so he had to go back. And I do understand what Uli Hoeneß is saying, because the clubs who can sort out their business early is good, as Arsenal did with Declan Rice, uh, as Manchester City has done. Yes, Manchester City got active at the end as well, but Guardiol was always there. Same with his uh, unbelievable offer uh, on Salah. I mean... Yes, they have a lot of money, but 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 how can you come so late? Uh, I mean, with, with why, this. Uh, why do Bayern what? come so late? Then, if if Tuchel has I, been I, asking for a six for a long time, why? Why? Because I, I don't think they can agree. As as you know, people who are our loyal uh, listeners or viewers, they know that there is a magic seven advisory board at uh, Bayern Munich, and I don't think they have agreed hundred uh, percent how they're gonna do their business in this transfer window in terms of at least number six because I think they felt when 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 he gets Harry Kane, he gets the England captain, he gets his striker, that's going to be enough. Okay, then they sold Pavard. Pavard wanted to go away. Lothar Mateus, who played for both Bayern Munich and Inter, he said, why does he want to go there? It's not, it's, that is not an up from, from, from Bayern. But if you see the transfer window of Bayern, I think that I, I calculated they have done 16 million euro plus around 60 million euro so Hernandez Pavard uh, Gravenberg that they get a lot of money for when we know that they're not using it Dortmund on the other hand Dortmund 
can't buy the most wanted thing that Dortmund won. That is their winning DNA. They can't win. They can't buy that. And as I was waiting for you now to to set up, I was reading an article where Matthias Sammer, the advisor to Dortmund, said there was a lot of things that Jude Bellingham did that disturbed the player. But is this still ongoing from, from the report you've heard weeks earlier? It's still ongoing. And apparently, when he wanted to, after the game, he went games, he waited till they got in and he did an extra round and said, hey, I've listened to Rest is Football now. That is a podcast that I love. And they, they say, and I will say, as Al Shearer used to say, just fuck off. Because I can't believe that they're saying that because that is, that is embarrassing. The, the winning mentality, they were 2-0 up against Heidenheim, 2-0 up against Heidenheim, and managed to do a 2-2. And, and I saw, because I was on, uh, in, a, in, a, in a family party, so I just watched the last, I think, 20 minutes or something of the game. It was so open. They could have lost 5-2. They could have won 5-2 as well, but it was so open. And so Dortmund has done that. Leverkusen, on the other hand, Boniface scoring again. Shaka is in there doing a strategy that is, is long-term and short-term. They've, they've, uh, they've also can, can, can do their business uh, 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 on a short-term as well, Leverkusen. But, I mean, I just, get, I just get frustrated because I think that the transfer window is also a mirror of the culture of the club. And I, and I understand what Uli Hoeneß is saying. He's saying we have to plan this. If we need a defender, we need to do that early. The problem is, of course, Mark, is that the, the club you're buying the defender for need a replacement. So it's not that easy that Uli Hoeneß is saying. And then you've got a Christoph Freund coming in as well, who we've discussed in terms of the overall profile, a bit different in terms of how the recruitment is done. But yes, just to, to conclude that, it is a bit unlike Bayern, perhaps. It, it doesn't seem as uh, congruent, the overall trans transfer strategy um there were also those criticism towards salihamidic and and khan even though they had some some good signs at the time so it'll be interesting to to see um i guess i wanted to move us forward and we can look towards our players of the week that because then we can have a discussion about the games i don't know if you want to start with your with your player of the week and then um yeah we can discuss uh, the goals he was involved in uh, in 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 that game. Yeah, first of all, uh, our uh, uh, our player of the week. So I'm just looking at my list here, and I'm just seeing how many goals they've scored. I mean, Boniface scoring two again, Hoffenheim scoring uh, again, and then Union, of course, losing at home three uh, 0 to Leipzig. And uh, I guess Sesko is a good uh, key. For that, Cesco, we know about in Salzburg. Salzburg, it came from there. Sobotzlai had a great game for Liverpool as well this weekend. So you just see that philosophy that Salzburg is having is fantastic. And that's why I was with Gerhard Struber yesterday. We were in the same show and I talked with him. They beat, unfortunately, my club, Rapid Wien, uh, Rapid Wien 2-0 uh, the day before. Simic scored two goals. There is another 19-year-old striker for you in, in Salzburg. I had a look at the team, Marcus, and I, I'm a, because it has to be said where Sesco is coming from. Salzburg, who is now going to play in the Champions League against Benfica, Sociedad, and uh, Inter Milan, they have now a 37-year-old Ulma on the left back. Of course, he's been a 
all his life, and that is a long life. And then you have a goalkeeper, Schwager, who is 27, and the rest are players 23 and under. 23 and under. The 19-year-old Simic. And Sesko went the same way. He came there. Soboslai came there. Erling Haaland came there. And that philosophy, are they creating players? And Leipzig now with Marco Rosa is the same Red Bull philosophy. They're signing players, quick players, under 23. That was the... That was the, always the identity of the transfer strategy. Max Ebel and Marco Rosa and, and Minslav, who is now one of the bosses in Red Bull, and I guess in the project I'm doing with Sevus Tifi being, a, being a, a guest there, he is the, the big boss there. And they're still doing it. So my, my player of the week will be Cesco, not only based on him, but based on the philosophy which he is a product of. And we do have it on, for those particularly interested, we did do a little piece on him when uh, when Arbel Isaac signed him in terms of the overall profile of the player, if you want to know more um, in depth. I was just looking here at, at mine, and I think it's a deserving one at that, and we tend to go with the strike with that, but um, very much deserved considering his start to the season, considering this team start to the season, that is Stuttgart and Guarasai. Uh, yeah, Rassai scored. He's got five goals in the Bundesliga. Scored another brace now again in a five-nil victory against Freiburg. By the way, who started with three straight wins. Rassai scores two more goals. Um, a player which is interesting who had his stint in 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 the Bundesliga at Köln didn't quite work out for him. Went back to France, kind of worked himself back. Ended up playing Champions League for Rennes etc. Went on loan to Stuttgart last season, did very well. Stuttgart followed up on their option to buy the player, have bought him and with this signing being obviously a, a strong signing as part of this rebuild under Sebastian Hernes, they now scored five goals in their two games uh, at home this season, conceded five goals the other, even though at 1-0 up away to Arbe Leipzig, I thought they were they looked good, they looked promising and goals will change games of course plus a little collapse in the second half. But wow, like it is very interesting to watch Stuttgart now, uh, considering um, how their season went last season. But I'm very excited by this team, excited by Sebastian Hernes and Gorosai being kind of the the symbol of this comeback, of this rebuild of, of Stuttgart. Good choice, Marcus. And it's interesting, Stuttgart got now a goal difference of 11-5. That is Sebastian Hernes for you. It was an unbelievable, entertaining round. Uh, you had uh, uh, you had uh, Mainz losing four uh, nil, losing four nil to Bremen. I mean, wh- where did that come from? Uh, and you have you have a lot of those results. And we have to be said just at the end, Marcus, in in the top spiel, the the biggest game, Gladbach uh, won Bayern two. Uh, and I got some stats on Tell Mattis Tell. It's not a lot of people know that because. We always said, uh, I always been talking that they, they needed uh, they needed a new striker, and I and I get and he get the stats he's having. I think he's got twenty five games in the Bundesliga. He's been there for for a year. He was like the the young replacement for Shopo Moteng uh, when, when last season. But tell it is in it, it's interesting in the Bundesliga's uh, modern history. He got a goal every sixty five minutes. When he plays, he's 65 minutes. Uh, Alcacer, who used to be a striker for Dortmund, had 76. And Haaland, 
Alan over over 80. That, of course, it's unbelievable uh, numbers for uh, Alan because he played it for a long time. But just say that Mattis Tell is some someone to watch. He's one of the greatest uh, talent there is. But again, Bayern winning away from home, Leroy Sané scoring, and it was interesting. And if I may say, just before I have to jump in the plane, and you can have the last words, Marcus, on this podcast, we, we always have to have a look at uh, Zweite Bundesliga. And I, and I, 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 I don't think I've ever seen this re- result in football. I don't think I've ever looked at a game and remembered this result, but somehow. And I, I, I can tell you that I have been involved in a game like that. Okay. We played Viking. Yeah, we were Viking when I was 19 or, 20, 19 or 20 years of age. We lost with Hamkam. We lost 6-4. So Magdeburg beats Schalke 6-4. But that is not the... You that. If you thought that... Uh, 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 sorry, Magdeburg Hertha. Yeah. Uh, with the co- there are, and there are three things now interesting with this game. First of all, coach, Dadai, but three of his sons in the team. Okay, That is spectacular. But the funniest thing about this game is not the 6-4. Is that Hertha was 1-0 up. Hertha was 2-1 up. Hertha was 3-2 up. There was 4-3 up. And then they lost 6-4. Can there be... A more typical Hertha game and result and development ever. The second league in Germany, that is just delivering stories all the time. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And there's some, some good podcasts that also follow the, the, the Zweite Bundesliga more in depth. We always have an eye to that. Um, yeah. yeah, sensational kind of result. And um, like we've said before, the contrast could not be starker with a Union Berlin who are about to play Real Madrid. At the Olympia Stadion, what a game that was! Oh, incredible! Unfortunately, or fortunately, we get to we don't get to see him at Union Berlin Stadium, but it was a rather thoughtful consideration, mature kind of analysis as to why they did it. There was to get every all of the members to watch the game, which is a a very nice thought. I think Um, I like that. Yeah, I liked it. It was it was it was it was nice. It was a thoughtful decision at that. Um, we'll obviously discuss that more in depth. You have a plane to catch. We have an international break now. Uh, Norway, Germany, the whole lot will be in action. We'll be back um, analyzing the Bundesliga again. And then we'll be interested to see over the international break if Hansi Flick can get some kind of semblance of a team structure ahead of their Euros uh, next season. So, um, yeah, yeah, all of that big- analyzed. Yeah, and the big news now, of course, here in Germany, I say here in Germany because I was there yesterday, is that Thomas Müller is back. There's a comeback from Thomas Müller in the in the national team. And Marcus, you are coming back. We are. I'm going to Thursday. I'm seeing Norway against Jordan. That is a friendly. And then on Tuesday, we're going together to see Norway, Georgia. I mean, Scotland has had a fantastic start in our group. But we're looking forward to see that. And Marcus, I know you have a great week, and I. I, I I would like, although as a dad, I shouldn't be too complimentary on the podcast because I didn't, I don't so, uh, so neutral. But we went to the PFA award, the Professional Football Association award on Tuesday. Uh, and you guys at PFA and yourself did a fantastic job. I enjoyed myself there. Four Norwegians with Frida Manum, Guru Reit, and Martin Erger, Erling Haaland nominated for the player of the year. Player of the year was Erling Haaland, Saka, Youth Player of the Year. And it was just a fantastic evening. So uh, thanks a lot for that. And then I'll have to have a plane to catch. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen. It was a pleasure to have you on. And then we will catch up shortly again.